0: All right, so let's learn. Okay, so uh, I figure we have a couple Wednesdays until uh, until Purim, right? So I figure we'll go through uh, one a prat, an aspect of uh, of the site of Purim. Purim is mamasha. The whole every hunt of every piece of tire is a site. I mean, and then you have uh, Purim, which is a site of sites. <clears throat> so, like this, what we're going to learn tonight is basically. Uh, a breakdown of a particular piece from a tzaddik in Say Fritzka Tzaddik. So instead of just going through the piece straight, it comes from all over the place, from armor and so on. So I figured we'll sort of deconstruct it and work it through. With some additions of other inyanim and so on, but we'll see where, where uh, it leads us tonight. And then Bes Hashem, maybe next week we'll go deeper into this particular uh particular sub-gyu. We'll be him like this, thank you very much. Thank you. So it's not it like this, you know, every Yantif, it's a big cloud to know, every Yantif that we have, there's one side of it which is commemorating a past event, right? So Pesach, Yitzis, Mitzrayim, Shavuos, Mantara, V'chul. But the truth is, every Yantif also has a side of it which has yet to be revealed. Every Yantif, so Pesach, there's two sides to Pesach. There's the fact that Yitzis, Mitzrayim, which took place, and there's also an element of Pesach, which has yet to come, which has yet to come with the coming of Mashiach, that the way Yitzitz Mitzrayim is going, the, the, the miracles of Yitzitz Mitzrayim is going to come back with Mashiach. In other words, Mashiach is going to fully unpackage what Pesach was. Same thing with Meshulah, for example, the Chazal say that the Torah that we have now is a tipa, is a hevel, is nothing compared to the Torah of Mashiach. Which means that even Shuas is incomplete until Mashiach comes. And Sukkot is the same thing. Sukkot is celebrating the fact that we were protected with Ananiya covet. The Gemara at the beginning of a Secha quotes P'sukkim. Even to figure out Hilchus Sukka. the Gemara quotes P'sukkim descri- describing how a Mashiach comes will be protected by a Sukkah as well. And so every Yontif has these two parts to it. But there's one Yontif of all Yontayvim, which it's Kemat Kuloi coming from post-Mashiach. And that's, that's Purim. That's Purim. Perm is, uh, the Pasuk in Megillah Sester itself points this out, and Chazal stressed this, that, that the, the aunt of a perm is, Le Yosef Mizarum, it won't end, it will continue on. The Raman famously writes, we'll see soon, the Raman writes that uh, when Mashiach comes, basically all we'll need, all we'll need is, is, uh, is Chomish, basically Tanach and Megillah Sester. Megillah Sester perm will be forever. The fact the Pasuk has to make that point uh, is because the icker light of perm is really coming from post-mashiach. It's really coming from post-mashiach. And we're just trying to uh, gleam, to sort of hold on to it a little bit. And so everything that's perm dick is going to be telling us something. Oh. Yeah, it's good. It's on April. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So everything, on, uh, everything with perm Mish- with, with is, is telling us something about what's going to be uh, when Mashiach comes. So with that in mind, so everything we learn about Purim is going to be something not just about Purim, it's also about what reality is going to be like with the covenant of Mashiach. And that's why it's so strange when Purim meets us, because our reality right now is very different than what reality is going to be with Mashiach. And so when those two, when those two realities, when those two perspectives, when those two time periods come together every year on Purim, strange things take place. And that's, that's why it's strange, because it's not really from this time. So let's, uh, so let's begin to investigate a little bit of that light of Gula as it's uh, manifested and as it uh, you know touches touches our world in Purim. So it's like this: of all the of all the halachas of perm, all the minhagim of perm, probably the strangest or one of the strangest is the minhag of costumes. That one of the ways, and it's not a halacha. It doesn't say this in Megill Sester, Certainly, it's not a in shukha, It's not a halacha from the Gemara. It's not halacha. But sometimes minhagim that Klal Yisrael sort of instinctually pick up on, are sometimes the deepest. And so Klal Yisrael have this very ancient custom that we celebrate, we express the simcha that we have on Purim, dafka through our clothing. dafka through our clothing. And, and ironically, dafka in clothing that on an average day would not cause simcha, it would cause uh, discomfort. So on Purim, dafka the, the celebration of, of Purim is manifest and is expressed in clothing. So You have to figure out what that what that ending is in Maravaka number one. So this is uh, the minig is quoted by the Rama in Shulchan and Tafresh sadivav So the Rama again, the context of the Rama, he's talking about some halachic uh, complexities that might come with costumes, uh, but he just quotes the idea. Mashanogu Lilbesh beporim. The fact that we have different costumes and different outfits on Purim. So then he goes on to talk about some of the Pratim. But this idea is recorded in Shulchan Aruch. And if it's recorded in Shulchan Aruch, not only is it okay to do and, and proper to keep, but uh, that means it's, it's something that uh, has a lot of weight to it. So we have to investigate that Indian of why is it that we celebrate, that we celebrate Simcha dafka we clothing, dafka from clothing. The truth is in the Megillah also, there's a lot of themes of clothing, you know, changing clothing, Mordechai is sacfeifer you know, into regular clothing back and forth to celebrate his uh, you know, the, the great gift that Haman comes up with, right, that eventually is given to Mordechai. That he's going to wear the levush malchus, he's going to wear the royal clothing the, perm, the, the Megillah ends off with Mordecai Yetzel, T'nei HaMelech malchus with the royal clothing a garment, and so on and so uh, clothing seems to be an Indian with porn. so you have to investigate that that's number one, okay, so now let's begin to learn so in Maramoka number two so this is a kalah that we find. It's from all the Svar, but Ratzadik in Sitkas Sadik peace reish nun vav, uh, explains it uh, in the following way. Let's we'll read through it together inside, then we'll we'll see where it takes us. Kol Uma K'mayish Yuchad Kach Yesh Nitzot Chayusa. Okay. So says Ratzadik introduces us to the following idea uh, that every single nation has a certain identity, a certain personality. There's a certain inion that every nation. Is connected to deeply, deeply. And when we talk about the 70 nations, the Shiva Amen, so every single nation has its particular Mida that it is not only connected to deeply, but in a certain sense is the root of its very existence. That's its identity spiritually as well. And these Midas that every single nation identifies itself as and part of is is, is fundamentally. Ra, it's fundamentally Ra, it's not politically correct to say, but he says, it has a particular aspect, a certain midah that is being used and is being expressed by that nation in a corrupted version, in a corrupted way, in a way that's distancing them from the Rabbani from the source of all sources. But says the Rav Sadik like this, but nevertheless, if something exists, it's because the Rabbani Shalom must be there, and the Rabbani Shalom must be investing his light and his energy into that, thing, into that place, into that people. And so if you have any particular nation, if you want to break it down, you first have to identify what is the midah of that nation, Aleph. And when you identify what that midah is, that not only is a personality trait of that nation, that is the chias that's the life force. That's the midah that is driving that nation, that, that gives it its identity, that gives it its life. Uh, and says Ratzadik, Ironically, of all you know, within within all places, it's davke in that midah that the that the ultimate you know that the, the energy of the rabbanis Shalom fueling and sustaining that people is going to be found. That's where the rabbanis Shalom, That's that's where, so to speak, the rabbanis Shalom infuses his life force into that nation through that particular personality. So it's not just a random mida or a trait that comes because of. Stam, the circumstances of, of world history, that this nation has that particular mida. No, that's its essence. That's its essence. And because that's its essence, that's where its nesham is. That's where the Rabbanu Shalim is going to be infusing his, his, his energy into that nation through that particular midah. Which means that although that mida on the surface, or the way that nation is using it, is corrupted and negative, and that's why it's the you know, essential quality of that nation... And once you're dealing with nations that are not the Jewish people, automatically we're dealing with something that's inherently corrupt and, and distant from Avodah Sashan. But since, says Ratzadik, that is the place, that is the midah, that's the quality, through which the <laughs> is inge- is, in, is investing his energy into that people. So despite the fact that it eventually materializes in a way that's corrupt, in a way that's against Kedusha, but in its very root, it must be essentially something positive. Because there, if, if, if that's the point of contact between that nation and their rabbinic shalom, it must be in its very root, when you boil it down to its basic element, it must be something wor- something worthy, something worthwhile. If the their the shalom is only going to contact, so to speak, something, the, the point of contact between the rabbinic shalom and anything is always going to be good and holy. Once it moves beyond that point of contact, then who knows? Then there's no guarantee in anything. But that point of contact must be essentially good. So if the point of contact between the Rabbani Shalom and any nation is in that Mida, so that means in its core, it must be something good. It then, again, takes on a life of its own. But its core must be something elementally and fundamentally good. That's the, the site. So every nation has a lot of inyanim. You identify its core mida and the first the first uh, meeting you have with that core midah is broken, is ugly, is unholy. But when you get down to its basic element, it must fundamentally be something productive and and not not only uh, worthwhile, but something necessary. And, yeah. and so it says something yeah. like this, again, just like every nation has a particular evil, yeah. a particular corruption that is its identity. But at the same time, it also must have a spark of divine energy that's sustaining it. Kitam, like we say, the <coughs> Ata Mechayes sustain all things. if it wasn't for the Rebbeinu Shlom's energy, then nothing would exist, including that nation. Now, and that point, that spark of divine energy, obviously, is a good thing if it's coming from the Rebbeinu Shlom. And if the and if the so 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 again so if the essential nature and quality and essence and soul of that nation is a particular midah, and the the ultimate and the ultimate soul of everything is being enlivened by God, so it must be that in its core, the ele, the, the in its most elemental form that, that quality of that nation, which is the soul of that nation, must be redeemable. Must be redeemable. And says Ratzadik galas and that's the purpose of exile for the Jewish people going from nation to nation. What we do is we go from country to country, we pick up on the identity and the personality of that nation, and what we're doing slowly but surely is digging down to its to its most fundamental core. And you get down to that mitzvah, that spark, that point of contact between the Rabbanu Shalom and that particular midah, we absorb, we absorb, so to speak, that quality, that spark, into our system as a Jewish people and use it for Avodah Hashem. And now that's called redeeming that spark, it's called taking that midah, which until now has been Identified in that nation as something corrupt and unholy, but we strip it down to its most basic element, incorporate it into HaVadus Hashem, and that's called, that's called redeeming that spark. It's called redeeming that spark. And when we do that, the nation all of a sudden does not like us anymore and move on to the next one. That's the history of Gaulus. Val uh, Zehu this is the purpose of exile, to absorb that point of goodness, which the nation that we're in, the host nation that we're by, is not... Is not uh, 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 that, that Mida that is not living in congruence with its basic core goodness, it's not living like that, so we have to come and, uh, and uh, get down to its core and use it properly. Ukishi Yisrael Kultin Atamsis, and when we absorb that core nucleus of the, the point of contact between the Rabbanishim and that Mida, which must be a good element of that midah, then we've absorbed that quality, and that nation, in a certain sense, now lost its life force, and it begins to fall apart. It gives a few kicks first, just like any animal or any fish taken out of water begins to flop around, so it makes a lot of noise, but it's, that's the sign of it being of it being over. The zealot, the, now, now, this is true historically, all over the time, throughout Gaulis, but there's one particular episode in Tanakh, which is mamish, like... Uh, uh, obvious of, of this Indian, which is a story of par, The only of parma of Esther Hamalka being taken to the Malchus into the, the palace of achashveresh is not a mussel. It's a it's a reflection of this story collectively of Klal Yisrael being not just in Galus but but making our way, whether we realize it or not, and whether we, we want to or not, making our way to the very very core of that particular nation. So that nation has a lot of cities and a lot of. A lot of uh, infrastructures. But the Malchus, the palace, is going to represent the soul of that nation. And the inner chamber of that palace is going to represent the point of contact between the Rabbani Shlom and the, and the inner dimension of that, of that soul of that nation, which ultimately is going to be that Nida that the nation embodies, but in its, good, in its, in its, in its purest form. And that's what Esther Malchus is doing on behalf of the Jewish people, entering into the world of Paras and Madai, the world of Persia, and, 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 and absorbing within Knesset Yisrael the Midah that is Paras and Madai, that's, in, that's symbolized and, and reflected over her story of being in the, not just the palace, but Amish in the inner chamber. And so he says, <laughs> This is the Indian of. Esther being taken for Achishverish. She's a big a How could such a thing happen to her? The answer is that this is the story of the Jewish people, and she was representing the Jewish people at the time. <clears throat> so, this is the story of Gaulus, and in particular, the story of Purim is, is highlighting this Sugya of the Jewish people going into another nation and, and getting to the core of what that nation is about and absorbing it into our bloodstream in a holy way. Okay. So what is the Mida of Paras and Mada? What's the midah of Persia that the story of Purim is revolving around? Because again, we'll understand, as we said before, Purim is a, is a Yantif that's Iker Yemaisa Meshiktik. And in order for Purim to happen, it requ- it's all revolving around the Jewish people absorbing that spark of Paras into our system. Which means that that spark of Paras, that spark of Persia, which is the story of Purim, must be... Fundamentally essential in understanding and being able to experience redemption, mashiach. Again, that's what perm is. Perm equals mashiach equals geula, and perm is about absorbing paras into our bloodstream in a healthy way. So that means that this, whatever the meat of paras is, is mamish uh, the kli in order to experience mashiach. So that's important to know. So what is Persia? So it's the gemara brachas, number three. The gemara says in brachas chesem tanya. Um Rabbi Gamliel, Rav Gamliel said, Bishloy it's a strange uh, sentence, Rav Gamliel said, Oyevani There are three things that I admire about the Persians, said Rav Gamliel. They're modest in certain elements. They're modest in their eating, they're modest in the way they go to the bathroom, and they're modest. With their relationships between men and women. There's a certain Mida of Tsnias that they have. Now it's interesting. The next line of the Gemara, by the way, is that the Gemara then brings a brisa that you should know the Persians are mahmish, they're, they're on a, a conveyor belt to the Ganem. They're just mahmish, like, they're, they're terrible, they're going straight to Ganem. The Gemara says so it's like an interesting juxtaposition, right? The first line is, Rav Gamliel, yeah, he's Mammish praising them. Rav Gamliel is a Nasi, he's coming from the world, the world of Malchus, Dovi, and he's praising the Persians. And yet the Gemara says, they're Mammish going to Gehenna. Well The answer is, is this Nakuda, is that, of course, the Persians the way they're embodying their particular midah is in a corrupted way, is in an unhealthy way, and is in a, a way that's taking them away from the Rabbanu Shalom and taking them to that other place. But Rav Gamliel, what he's doing is this process of birur. he's identifying the core element of what Persia is about in a way that we could absorb it within ourselves. And so what the Gemara is telling us is that the Nakuta of, of Poras is the Indian of Tznias. Now this Indian of Tznias is something that we talk find throughout the Megillah. Take a look at Maruk number four. Sagamar <clears> Aleph. <throat> the Pasik says regarding the whole mice over there that uh is gathering all the women. So it says the the uh, the girls would go at night and they would come back the next morning. said, <laughs> Ironically, says says Rav from the story in this story which is talking about how much of a low life Achashvarish was. And how how dis- despicable he was. Davkin, there you see some element of shvach that's praiseworthy. That what shloim mm-hmm. mishamishu tassavayum. There's an element of tsnius that he was only with uh, with people by nighttime, which is a little bit more tsniastic than, than during the day, obviously. And so this is the so says the gemara is pointing out this Indian that even achashverosh, who's the you know, there's every every nation has his identity, and of all the the people of that nation, the one that's going to embody that identity the most. And specifically in a very paradoxical way, because again, the closer you get to the core, the more strange it becomes of what that mida is, is it good, is it bad? So the closer you get to the soul of the nation, is going to be through the king. The king is going to be the embodiment of that mida, both in its corrupted version, and a little bit of hint to its positive version. And that's exactly what you see by Echashverosh. The mida Tsnias. Which is, uh, which is a praiseworthy midah, but it's in the context of something that's completely ugly. And that's exactly what Persia, what, what, uh, what it's about. Now, this is, so in other words, so, so, let, let's go, so based on these gemars, what is the real story? What is the conflict? What's going on with Purim? What's going on with Purim is that Esther and Mordechai, Esther through the shlichus of Mordechai, is being sent to the malchus of Ahasuerus to to incorporate within ourselves this meat of Tzniyaz. That's what Purim is about. About absorbing the meat of Tzniyaz. Now this is what's interesting, because when it comes to most most Toivim, whenever we have a bad guy, the bad guy you can identify, there's one bad guy, right? Chanukah is Antiochus, Yivanim, and so on, Mitzrayim, and so on. Purim, we have two. We have Achish that's Paras. Then you have Amalek, Haman. So what does Amalek fit into this? So take a look at Marmokka number six. This is from tzaddik again in Reish and Vav. Ratzadik says, Ki amolek So you have sort of like the way to think of it is that Esther Malka, on behalf of the Jewish people, are going into the base Malchus of Achashveir to capture Tznias, which is being held prisoner by Paras. But then you have, on the other hand, this enemy called Amalek that's trying to stop Esther Malka from doing this. And ha- why is that? Because Amalek embodies, says Ratzadik, the very opposite of Tznias. Amalek represents everything that's preaches, everything that's out in the open, not modest, not hidden, not mysterious, everything everything revealed, everything on the outside. And so you have this fight between Mordechai and Haman. Haman is trying to poison the Jewish people to stop this process of absorbing Tznias into the, into the bloodstream. Because again, if you have Tznias... You have Purim, you have Purim, you have Mashiach. That's the, of, uh, that's the end of Amalek. So what Amalek is desperately trying to do is fight this Midah of Tzniyus by injecting us with the Midah of Prizes, with the opposite of Tzniyus. And that's what's going, that's the, the, that's the subplot, that's what's going on in Purim. It <laughs> Amalek is the opposite of modesty. This is why it says regarding Amalek, when we were first attacked, that Amalek is the Midah of not Yerush Hashem, the opposite of Yerush Hashem and says Ratzadik, what does it mean? Yirsa Hashem, Yirsa Hashem is always associated. says Ratzadik with modesty. A person that has that's God fearing is automatically going to be a, a modest person. Again, ben Adarim again, Ratzadik is you know, he, he called Turku was on his fingertips. So. It's, Every, he doesn't just say something Stam. It's based on the Marmachim. The Gemara says in Edoram, Chafam at Aleph, the Yira, Hiyabusha. It says in Pasuk that the Rabbana Moshe repeats to us, he's saying in Sefer Tvarim, that the Rabbana made maimon Har Sinai with the whole, uh, all the Moisim, all the miracles of maimon Har Sinai in order that there should be Yira on your face, that we should have the fear of heaven. You should be Yira Shemayim. Says the Gemara in the Dorm, what does it mean to be Yira shamayim It means by Shonim that a person should have a mida of busha, a mida of, of modesty. And so it says Ratzadik Yira is identified by the Gemara Nadarm as modesty. A molek that are called lo it means that they are the embodiment of everything that's the opposite of modesty. And the Yira of vatsnies Yira equals busha, a certain sense of bashfulness, and bashfulness is connected with modesty. A person has a certain of, of of modesty, it means that they're going to be uh, bashful when they're forced to not be modest. K'mashukasev, as a pasuk says by Adam Rishon, Before the sin, the is Before the sin, there was nothing to there was nothing to be to be bashful about. Everything was fine, so there was no sense of busha. But post the sin, there's a lot of things that uh, we're not we shouldn't be so proud of. And so a healthy sense of bashfulness, a sense of modesty, is healthy. Uh, who raises goyim and says and says Ratzadik again? He just deepens this this quality. Amolik again is the anti yiras Hashem. Yiras Hashem means modesty and bashfulness. Amolek is anti yiras Hashem. It's the opposite of Tznias. That's why Amolek knows that if adam and Chava, if that if that sin is corrected, right, then what's going to happen to a He's finished. Right, He's finished. So everything Amalek is trying to do is to stop that deacon from happening. But he doesn't want Esther HaMalka, he doesn't want Esther HaMalka to take the Tzniyas from the house of Al and Malka. He doesn't want that to happen. That's his end. And so what, what Amalek therefore does, what Amalek therefore tries to convince the world is that everything is fine right now. There's nothing, like, uh, y- y- there's nothing to fix. Like, everything's fine. No, it's just like before the chayt, you could just go around naked and like, there's no sense of Tzniyas, do that now, it's fine. In other words, once, one, once there's a sense of, 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 once there's a sense that mm-hmm. we are not the way we were before the chayt, then automatically that's going to result in wanting to correct things, wanting to go back to the chayt. <laughs> Amalek doesn't want that. So Amalek has also, so the, the identity of Amalek is a lack of tzniyaz, and it also works to his benefit, because if we can, if, if the world lives with a lack of tzniyaz, it means that the world is living as if it's, Still, and if we're living like it is before the sin, it means that we're not going to work on correcting any sin because we're just pretending as if it never happened. And so, the fact that the, the essence of a molec is a lack of tzines, it, it, you know, it, it works to his benefit too. Because, again, uh, you know, in order to stop a person from doing tshuva, the, best, the easiest thing you could do is make the person, you know, uh, fall into the mistake of thinking that there's nothing to correct, right? Once a, if you know that there's something to correct it's still hard to do tshuva. But uh, if you don't even know there's something to correct, then, then you're not going to start. So Amalek tries to convince the world there's nothing to correct. How does he try to convince the world there's nothing to correct? By making us live as if it's still before the sin. And how do we live before the sin without any busha? So if Amalek can get you to live without any busha, and without any tzniyaz, then there's nothing, there's nothing inside of you that's being triggered to tell you that there's something to correct, And so this is what Amalek's modus, you know, this is their mahalach. Lack of tzniyaz, and by not by by it, by injecting in the world a sense of lack of sinus, then then then, 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 not only that the, he thrives and the world continues on as if it's before the sin, when it's in, when it's in fact not. Okay, that's a little bit on the side. Vumavet rakal this is why we find says Ritzadik, that a Mulik we have this quality that he always looks just at the at the at the uh, superficial at the surface. K'masha umrulay chazal say the Esav regarding Esav and a is the the concentrated essence of Esav, that Tawafah, that he's compared to a pig that puts its feet, feet out as if it's kosher. I The hidden sign of chewing its cut it doesn't have, but the external sign of a split of it does. So the whole Indian of mulek which is Esav, is lack of tznias, looking only on the surface and the outside. So this is the story of Purim. You have the Indian of Purim, which is to conquer tznias, and mulek is trying to stop this by convincing us that you don't need tznias, it's unnecessary, just go... The way it is on the outside, as if it's before the sin, everything's fine. Don't worry about it. But that's the conflict. That's the that's the inyan. Okay. More than that, we talk of find that the uh, you know the, the Esther Malka who's who sent in particular to do this mission of of absorbing Tznias, from Paras into the Jewish people system. Her befrat, we find such a thing from the Gemara that her uh, inyan, her personal amida, was very extreme with Tznias. Says the Gemara Megillam Malka number seven. Also, Gemara and Daf Yud Gimel. The Gemara says, Besnar, beschar tzniyes, that it goes back to Rachel Emenu already. Rachel had Tznias in the fact that she didn't tell Yaakov Avinu about what was going on with Leah, right? She kept it private. She had a certain sense of, of modesty and bashfulness about her. Shol, so, because of that, she has a descendant, Shola Melech. And Sholomach was also Tznuah. When he was appointed a king, so he doesn't tell the whole world about it. He goes back to his regular business. He's able to hold it in. He doesn't have to, doesn't have to show it. And this Esther comes from a Yichas, not just of Malchus, a Yichas of Tznius. And that's how the Gemara identifies it. Her whole name is Hester. Right, her name is Hester, her name is Hester, exactly. More than that. What's ironic is, and again, this is part of the theme of Purim, van in Hapechu, right? So there was, the Gemara says in Megillah that there was a certain Aveira the Jewish people committed, which led to the Gezer of Haman, right? And, and so ironically, this Aveder, although it, it led to our problems, it also led to its own solution. So it says the Gemara like this, Maramakim number 8, the Gemara says in Megillah, again, you'd Med Aleph, there's a conversation. The Gemara, of all people, the Gemara says that Talmidim asked "What did the Jewish people do at that time in order to uh, be worthy of, you know, to have such a punishment of, of destruction?" So Rishon interesting. Rishon says, you tell me what do you think?" So Talmidim said, "They they went to the party." That's Mestama. What it was? That's how the Megillah starts. They went to the party. So it says Rishon no, Baruchai. In that case, it should only be the, the Shushan. Why the whole? Why all of Eretz so the Talmidim said, okay, that's what we're asking you. So Rishon Baruch says, I'll tell you, it's because early, in, uh, years before that, Nebuchadnezzar, who destroyed the first place of English, made a whole uh, statue. Questionable whether it's of a desire or not, but he made a statue. And Wolf Klai Yisrael bowed down to the statue. And that's the Hishnach, in in, in, Sefer, uh, in Sefer Daniel. So because of that, that's why, that's why uh, Rishon the Jewish people, were worthy of being destroyed. So ask asked the Talmidim, so, why why weren't we? So, it says like this. Our book, number eight, they bow down to the statue. So, uh, so, why did we get off the hook? Hashem was just uh, letting things go. So, um, the Avera itself was only on the outside. On the inside, the Jewish people didn't were not happy about what they were doing their hearts were to heaven, and, they, and, and they, their hearts weren't in this Aveira. So since Aveira itself was only external, Sumail, so the whole story of Haman and the decree of Haman and the threat of Haman was also only external, ends up being the whole thing uh, unraveled itself. But let's understand the oymic of this. This is not just, uh, uh, you know, so you read that, Gemara, okay, so they didn't really mean it, Sumail, so the, the punishment wasn't so bad. This was the beginning of the Jewish people absorbing Tznias. Because what does tnis mean? Tnis means that you what you see is not what not what's really there. What you saw by the Jewish people, they're bowing down to a statue that wasn't the real full truth. They were being they were this was a this was the beginning of their conquest of tnis, albeit early on. So it's not really worked through yet. So this was not a. A, a, a good uh, display of Tznias. You're not supposed to bow down even on the outside. But al Kulpanim, you're seeing the seeds being planted that would eventually materialize with Esther Malka taking Tznias back from the uh, the world of Paras. And it begins with the Jewish people sinning, but only sinning on the outside, of having a quality of Tznias on the inside. Not only is this true in the beginning of the Chet, but you see that at the end of the story, what was the turning point when uh, when Esther Malka begins to, the gula begins to unfold, is when she goes into Ahasuerus willingly, right? That's all nice, right? Mordechai says, you have to go in. She said, avati. she went in willingly. So that's a big averik. It's, that's If there's anything, that's a, that's a lack right? To go in like that. Chazal even said that Ahasuerus was shocked. That, that she would go in willingly. So look how Ratzalik puts it. Marmokka number eight, again, uh, Marmokka number nine, I'm sorry. Also in Tzidka, it's how the involved. how did the redemption come? Ahidei sh'nichnas right? Through Esther Malka going into the king, b'orotzen. Was a priestess? That, that's, that's, that's not modest. H'pech tzniyaz. R'ak but the truth is, what was happening? V'hatsneya, up'nimiyaz, ha'yitoy v'kidusha. Chazal say, the Zohar Kadosh says, that even when Esther Malka went in, the It wasn't really her. She sent the shade. She sent the shade. As the Zara Kodesh and the Kisvari in the end of Eitz he talks about this. Baruch is such a mosig of of being able to send shade in, in your place for certain things. Does so, that I mean? Okay. So, whatever it means on their level, but you know, if Nachman taught that it means that a person might find yourself, you might a person might find themselves in a place that's not so nice. Okay. send the shade. You send the shade. In other words, like separate yourself from what's happening. He, a level of separation, a level of modesty, a level of, of a part of you that's concealed, that's hidden within the external. It's not all of you doing something wrong and then you have to do tshuva on it. You have to do tshuva on it even for the surface, but, but on the inside be doing something else. And so Cesar, that's what, her, that's what Esther Malka was doing. On the outside, she was with Ahasuerus. On the inside, she's completely not there. And, that's, and, and it was Davka that type of activity that was required in order to fully absorb and and conquer that quality of tznius of doing something which on the outside is the the extreme of unholiness and then dafka that same moment on the inside mamish being with Mordechai Etzadik and so that that dynamic of extreme opposites at the same time. And not n- not seeing the inside from the outside at all—that's the extreme. That, that's 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 modesty to its extreme, and that's ultimately what uh, Esther Malka was being sent to do: is to conquer that and to con- you know to, to absorb that quality of tzeias. And that davka happened at that moment. Says so like again: Rak beemes bahtzeias in a modest place, in a place of the neshama upnimius haytoiv k'dusha. The whole leading that Esther Malka was doing was all in Yanni Kidusha. There's a sefer that we have from the Ramchal that. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's called Hashem Shantzvakis. It's a whole Sefer written against Shavsay Tzvi and that movement. And so part of the Sefer, a large part of the Sefer, talks about the Sugya of Aver Lushma, of doing Averis, but Lushem Shemayin, which is obviously something that was appealing to Shavsay Tzvi and the whole. So part of the Sugya that he talks about is the whole story with Esther Malka. And, and just, again, without explaining, but if you, if you take a look over there, he talks about the, the depth of what, the, the Tikkunim and the unbelievable Kedusha that Esther Malka was working on and fixing and building within, her, within herself and half of the Jewish people, Davka, at that moment when she's with Ahasuerus Baratzen. That moment of Kasher which on the outside is the the Hara, at the same time there's an oimek that's being developed. Mamish Shvanah Again, as a whole, Arichas, how this is happening, and the gedarm for this. But at that moment, that's what Mordechai Tzaddik told Esther Malka. This is, this is what the Rebbe needs of us right now to conquer this. The at Tznius has to be in this way. V'ugamkein Kintznius by Deza says Tzaddik and Dafka through this Kol Shlirsh and Tzitzik by Niklat Ba. That's how we, she was able to absorb every last vestige of this meat of Snias by doing something that was the, the extreme in Sniyas, that the outside is mamish one way and the inside is the exact opposite. So this is the story of Purim. It's all about snias. Amalek is trying to fight this with with, uh, with Preetzis. And that's, that's the story of Purim. Okay. Here's the problem, though. The problem is like this. There's a Gemara Megillah, Yud Aleph and Med Aleph. It's a whole blot. It's a fascinating uh, Gemara. The Gemara talks about many Amaroyim, before they gave their drasha to to the Oilam about Purim, they would take a Pasek in Tanakh, and that would be, that's Purim, that Pasek. And then they would Darshan from there. So each Amar, Pasek la Pischal this, they Parshim, this is the Pasek that this Amar would, would use. So the Gemara says like this, Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, who is the same Rabbi Yochanan, by the way, that we saw before, who talked about the Tznias of Achashveresh, Right? So the Gemara says "Rabbi possek la peskel ha parsha samihaach that uh, more that Rabbyeighan began to darshan purim from the following possek Zohar chazdai vemunoselo basis It says in possek the rebbanun remembered his kindness and his faith to the Jewish people ro kol avsir esh yeshua silkenu and when the rebbanun remembered his kindness and his faithfulness to us the entire world saw his yeshua kol yeshua Said Rabbi Yechanan, what was the moment in history where all of the world saw the unbelievable Yeshua the Rabbani Shlom? They made Mordechai Vastar. So that means Rabbi Echanan is identifying the Pasek that is Purim, is the Pasek talking about everything being on the outside. Everything being exposed, the whole world seeing it. So here's the Pala. I don't get it. The whole in the Purim is what? Is Tznias. The whole in the Purim is to conquer Tznias and to absorb Tznias in our bloodstream. And the one Pasek that Rabbi Yechanan identifies is Purim is what? Is to be on the outside. See, afseyarit doesn't just mean. It means the corners. It means the 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 farthest, the farthest, the farthest, most extreme, most external, most chitzonias. That's the 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 opposite of perm. We think about this as Mama the theme of perm, right? What's the whole of perm? A lot of persuminisa is one of the identifying qualities of mikra megill. One of the halachas. to be the farthest, in the nace, to be on the outside. The old megillah is the of giloi. Megillah is Esther, though, right? <laughs> that's right. so that's, and the Allah perm, when you read the Megillah, the whole Megillah has to be unrolled. The whole time, unrolled. Because so the whole meaning of perm is to, be, is to be out in the open. Be out in the open. When a person drinks on perm, the whole meaning of perm, uh, drinking is what? Yain. It's the opposite of tzniyas. The opposite of tzniyas. So what's going on over here? I, th- I thought the whole meaning of perm is The Then all of a sudden, when you think about it, there's such strong themes of perm of lack of tzniyas. Lack of tzniyas. So what's going on over here? What's going on over here? More than that, there's another kasha. Until now, we've been saying that, again, Purim is a yontif, that's Yemais HaMashiach, right? Which means that the core element of Purim is going to be the core element required in order to have the kalim to experience Yemais sheikh. Yeah? Which means, and we have identified what is the core element of Purim, Midah which means that Snias is the core element required in order to, to receive the maichin of Yomais Here's the problem. The whole union of Yomais is what? Is to fix, is to go back to a time where there's nothing to be embarrassed of. Means, what, what's the point of modesty? What's the union of tzniyaz? It means that there's something that uh, should be covered. Something that's not so, not so good. So you have to be private about it. If everything is... Adem uh, Rishim Kay Demachayit. It says impossible. they had nothing to be embarrassed about. And what are they, There was no Busha, there was no Tznias. There's nothing, like, everything's fine. The whole ending of the L'chaira, is something that fundamentally is only uh, Shaykh before Moshiach comes. Once Moshiach comes and things are, are corrected, then what's, what's to be embarrassed about? A person doesn't have to be embarrassed of, of, of good things, but you have to be embarrassed of it. If, you, if there's a sense of Tznias, it means that there's something... There's something deep down in the, in the in the psyche of the person that they're that they're a little bit ashamed of, and 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 boiling it down, there's probably some level of truth to be to be ashamed of something, and so. But when Mashiach comes, if everything is perfect, then what's the shame? Where is the shame coming from? Where is the tsnius coming from? So, so again, we have again. So here are the the basic questions again. If the if the essential quality of Purim is tsnius, then we have two problems. First of all, Rabbi Echanan's Rabbi Yochan identifies the the Pusuk of Purim is ro kol afsiar says Yisroel Puram, Purim you drink until everything is revealed. There's a there's an openness presumenis is part of the halakhs of Purim. So so that uh, that doesn't make sense. How that works? That's Aleph, and Bei's. What's the place of Tsnius by Yimei Mashiach. By Yimei Mashiach, we'll go back to other Rishon Kaidim Achait. On the Rishon Kaidim Achait there was no Tsnius. Was necessary to be tzanuah. La'is by Shashu. The Pasik says that as a mailah, La'is by Shashu. So what's going on? The mida that is required in order to, to propel us into Yemais Mashiach is a mead of modesty, which is not going to be needed when Mashiach comes? How do we understand this? The thing about snares left us is not because we're hiding something, it's because it makes us more relatable. Okay, so we'll have to see. But, but even to be more relatable, it means that the Rav is hidden. But when we're, t- we're dealing with Yomais Mashiach, everything Lechari is going to be revealed. What's the pl- no, so even, if you, even if you want to go deeper and say, well, all of V'odice HaShem is about mimicking, it's about being you know, paralleling the Rav so now the Rav is hidden. So I understand how now a HaShem would require a level of modesty, because if you're trying to connect to God through your Avodah and God is hidden, so you have to be hidden. But when Mashiach comes, God's out in the open. So then, Avaidah Hashem should relate to that, which is everything out in the open. which That's how it was before the Chait. Other menchava were out in the open with not, not only was there nothing to be ashamed of, but their Avaidah was, because their Abba Nishalom was out in the open, so they were out in the open. So Mashiach comes the khar it's going to go back to that, no? So if it goes back to that, then there should be no place for modesty, not in terms of of anything to be embarrassed of, Aleph, and based. Avaidah should be... To mimic what God is thats that, That's Yiddishkeit, by the way. We mimic what the Rabbanu Shalom is doing. Right? So uh, the Rabbanishalm on some cosmic, le- on some divine level, is menich tefillin every morning, so we put on tefillin. It's mimicking the Rabbanu Shalom. So if, when Mashiach comes, or Kaydimachait before the menchavah, the Rabbanishalm was out in the open, then we should be out in the open. So what's the sin of Tzniyas being Davka required in order to experience Yemites Mashiach? It's hardly the opposite. So, you know. Yeah, the, the answer just can't be, okay, that's Purim. Purim is, uh, it's not, you know, that's not the... It, that is the answer. <laughs> like you have to, you know, we have a few more minutes, so you have to explain a little bit more. Okay, take a look at Maramokah number 13. So, no, it, 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 when, you, when you have a contradiction, and you deal with Purim, which is going to end up not really answering the contradiction, so the only place to go is Israel, so that's they have to go. So in Maramokah number 13, is a Torah of the Meish In the Mesh, it's it's Bikr in the parsha on, on Chumash, but at the end of each chalik, there's uh, taras that that uh, said on different gemaras and chazals and so on. So this is a tar that, that Ishbitzer said on, on, on the gemara Megillah Daf the, the, the particular Gumar that it's about is is not uh, you know necessary for right now, but it's halal. He's talking about the whole Indian of of poems. So he says like this: All the miracles that the Rabbi did for Klal Yisrael, Yitzchias Mitzrayim, Kriyas all the Nisim what we call Nisim Gluyam. Open revealed miracles. those are obviously wondrous uh, miracles that are that are that are in flays, uh, that are in the flay sa See it's ironic. Although we call them revealed miracles, Nisim the Emes, says the Israel sir, you can't really call them visual miracles. They're not called Nisim Gluyam Baemas. Why? Ki because it's Saka true. Kriyasi Yom Tsef, at that moment, it was a visual. You can see it. But what happens after Kriyasi Yom is over? The wa- water goes back. Now it's just a memory. Now it's just a messiah that we hear from our, from our from ancestors. It's no longer visual, right? Rak and so the moment of the miracle is fleeting. So once the moment is over, when you talk about on a, on a larger scale, like historically, what was this miracle? This miracle is no longer, is, is a very, for a momentary time, it was visual. The vast majority of that miracle's influence on us is, uh, is hearing. It's, 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 it's based on a Messirah. Kilo'i nishim and says naim. All that's left is what we hear from our ears, a And So he says, Afa nation mei Esther. But here's the Chiddush of Purim. It's dafka because Purim did not change anything with supernatural, you know, uh, special effects. That's Davka why it could be considered a miracle that is still seen. The Passover of Yechanan quoted in the Gemara is what? Kol <speaking> Avsi <in Hebrew> And said Rabbi Yechonon, when is the moment that a person is able? What's the miracle that you can that you could say for all time? Ro kolazi yarshu isalekenu. That's That's the story. That's the miracle of of, of perm. Says it said the Yisrael like this. Af neishnasim mordechavester. Here the Shabbos was. What the Rabbanim do on perm? Basic. This is the uh, basic iny of perm is what. Asher av kol darki Shay is guba oylam gam heim enam raklo toyv as Yisrael. The Rabbanim shloylam was not infiltrating nature and moving it aside for some divine revelation and at the moment it's amazing and then everything goes back to before. The Rabbani Sholem was redefining for ourselves, was explaining to us what is it that you're seeing all the time? What are you always seeing? We're always seeing nature. No, the the Rabbani makes the world in such a way that there's, that there's nature, and usually we think of it as that this world, I guess the, the, way, to, the, the way the Mekobalm, you know, sort of d- define it, or d- term it would be that Teva would be the Kalim. Like this world, the f- physicality of this world, Gashmias, the world that we occupy, is a Kli, is a vessel for the Rabbani presence. And the Rabbani presence is like that light that fills the vessel. So what's an average miracle, like Kriyas Siyam, is that the Rabbanu Shalom is overwhelming the Keilum with a lot of R. A lot of R. Ad Kedekach, in that moment when the light is so, so intense, the Keilu is like, you, you don't even notice it, right? It's, a, it's, it's overwhelming at that moment. But what happens when the iris retreat, or they, you know, the, the, the dimmer goes back you know, to a regular setting, then what remains is the Keilu. The Kaylee wasn't really affected. The Kaylee was overwhelmed by the presence of light. For the time being, but the light goes back. The keli is back to back to square one. The chiddush of Purim is the Rebbeinu revealing to us that the keli is made of light. The keli is made of light. Instead of the keli being something that is then manipulated, overwhelmed, or you know, you know, by the Rebbeinu divine presence, nature itself, nature itself is made of divine light. That's all it is. That's what. That's the chiddush of Purim. The reason let's 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 understand deeply. Why is it that we that, that nature is so consistent? See, here's the khish, and The, the Ishbitz doesn't make this point, but in, but in the writings of Chabad Hasidus and the Rebbe Shab in particular, this is mamish one of the biggest sites of Chabad Hasidus, which is the following: Nakuda. Why is it that nature is so consistent? Why is it, so to speak? Why is it that nisim galuyim miracles are once in a while? And nature is a thing that's consistent. <clears throat> the answer is is because the deepest the deepest side of God is the unchanging, absolutely consistent, infinite light that was before creation and that remains after creation. We we say in Davening every day, every morning, Atu Atu God, you are you are you are here before creation. And the year after creation. That's not just saying, stop. The deepest description that we have of the Rabbanishalam, the first moment that there is all, the highest, highest, go back, rewind to the deepest, deepest expression of God's existence, is that moment before creation where the Rabbanishalam wasn't forcing himself into any limited space, so to speak. He was Kibiochal being himself. And what is that self? Ein Seif, infinite light, unchanging. What does infinite mean? Infinite means it's exactly the same on this side of the table to that side of the table. It's infinite. It's infinite. It's homogeneous. It's absolutely one. Hashem al Hashem The deepest thing we could say about God when He's being kviachel Himself in His own place is that He's absolutely one, unchanging. If everything is if every if everything still is kviachel made of light, everything is made of light. Then there's two madrigas to the Rabban presence in existence there's who there's the there's the there's the deepest side of who god is mitsidai from his, in his place of comfort which is unchanging which is which is infinite and infinite has a quality of unchangingness of consistent of, it, it, it can't change it, 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 there's no point to say this is different than that it's infinite and then you have the rebunish as he's Willing to show differences, kiviyachol, fitting himself into into our world. Fine, those are the two things. When we when crea- so now we have this phenomenon, which are miracles, right, which come and go with special effects, and then you have nature itself, which is unchanging. But the chiddush of Purim is what is to reveal that nature itself is divine. Nature itself is of divine origin. So now think back, now take a step back and think to yourself, okay, now which moment in history, which moments in history are reflective of a deeper element of divinity? Is it the moments where things are mamish shaking up the world? Or is it the moments where everything's mamish the same? If everything if everything is ultimately an expression of divinity, then the deepest divinity is one that's unchanging. The deepest divinity is a divinity that's infinite that you can't make a difference between this part and that part. So the, the, the nature itself, when we think of nature as something outside of divinity, then it becomes the most boring, the mo, the, it becomes Hesterpanim. But when you reorient yourself from Purim to realize that nature itself is divine, then the greatest giloi, the greatest revelation of the Rabbani Shalom in the deepest of senses is in nature, is nature itself. And so what happens on Purim is, is that the thing, the quality that, can, that, that's, that hides the Rabbani Shalom is the greatest revelation of the Rabbanish Shlomo. In order to notice something, there has to be a contrast to something else. Right? You notice this chair because there's space around this chair that's not this chair. So that's why you notice the chair. But you don't but if something is everything, then you don't notice it because there's no contrast to it. When you you notice miracles because that a miracle is a level of divine revelation that's not infinite in its nature. And because of that, you can have you could conceptually contrast that ray of divine light to outside of that ray of divine light but na- the reason why god is hidden in nature is not because he's hidden it's because that it's a reflection of the of the infinity of the Rabbanishlam, where there's nothing else but him to con- to contrast it with it's the the, the the hester of teva is itself the deepest giloy this is the ultimate this is the ultimate quality of Purim. when we're talking about um, absorbing tznius it's not a matter of tzeis. When we think of tsnias now, the requirement of tzeis now is mamish to be hidden because there's things to be ashamed of, or and you know like this, and we have to become more internal people. What persons uh, stam uh, everything on the outside, then you become a superficial person. So there's a lot of reasons to be tenuah. So yes, but when Mashiach comes, so what's the ending of tzeis by the by the end by when Mashiach comes? The answer is the level of divinity that we're going to experience with Yomayim Mashiach is a divinity that that is fundamentally hidden. It has to be hidden. There's nothing to contrast it with. It's going to be a revelation that everything is Rabbanu Shlalim, which automatically means it won't be seen. Because how could you if everything is Rabbanu Shlalim? There's nothing, nothing to compare it to. It's an infinite truth. It, it, the will be shown to be hiding in plain sight. That's the name of it. Right? Well, I thought of the title then I had to come up with this year. It was a good title. <laughs> hiding in plain sight. That's the Indian over here. That's the Indian of Purim. So we won't That's the site of Purim. So this is the chiddish, This is the Khiddish of Yemaisa Mashiach. This is the chiddish of Mashiach. Is that? Is that we, we and this is maybe a sogi we'll investigate next Wednesday. That'll be for more next Wednesday. But we'll, we'll, we we will see this Nakuda is that we will carry with us a little enough of the enough of the nisim glut. What's going to be with Mashiach is an inverse of what we think now. We think now that nature, that's not revelation, and open miracles, that's revelation. What's going to be shown with Yomai Sheikh is the opposite, is that nature is divine revelation, and open miracles will be the contrasting points. We'll be able to appreciate the depth of revelation of nature by comparing it to the lower level of divine revelation, which will be the open miracles. We have a machloekis in Chazal between Rav and Shmuel. Mashiach, what's the difference between this world and then and, and Mashiach? Rav said, ma, uh, No, Shmuel said, mashiach, Not much of a difference. This world, everything is uh, nature. Next world will also be nature. The guy won't be in charge. That's only the difference. Not, not much. Not much change. Rav says, Ugh. "When Mashiach comes, Ain mashiach, No eye oh, could possibly have fathomed. the type of type of experience of Yomiso Only God's eye can see such a thing." The Rambam is like both. Rambam is like both. It's a big on The Rambam pasuk is like both. There's not, I mean, It's not between the two of them. Rambam is like both. The answer is, when Mashiach comes, there's going to be open miracles. But instead of us thinking of open miracles in a, from a Gaul's perspective, which is that's the moment of light. Everything will be. The real light is going to be from the Kalim. It's teva. It's nature that's going to be the true revelation of God. But you're not going to notice it. Because it's everything. What you're going to have are open miracles to use as a point of contrast. The, the, the miracles will be the Hester Panim. That's going to be the concealment from which we can then glean an, experience, an appreciation and a revelation of Teva. Everything is going to be flipped on its head. That's why Purim is Vinahapich. Everything is flipped on its head. Tznius is it's, it's going to be vital to appreciate Yumay Sameshich because the deepest Giloi of divinity with, Kant, with with the coming of Mashiach is by its very definition a revelation that is not noticeable. It's a revelation which is not noticeable. It's a revelation of Tznius. It's hiding in plain sight. That's the sight of Yomai Mashiach. For all Kol says and therefore what we're seeing now is exactly what we're going to see then. But we don't. Right now we don't have a Kriyas Yamsuf. To 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 contrast this level of revelation with, and if we had a kriyas right now, our eyes would be just focused on kriyas We wouldn't we wouldn't we don't have the the, the we, we we don't have the perspective or the kalim developed within us yet to be able to uh, to sense the r that that the kalim are made up of. But with with Mashiach, what we're going to have is the ability to be sensitive to the light that the kalim are made from. And the ability to experience that light and to appreciate it and to notice it by like comparing it to moments of revelation. So the, the, Rav and Shmuel are both true. The, the ultimate giloy is lo'i the eyes that can't imagine such a thing. The gilu, the revelation is so intense it's an infinite in, in, revelation. And that's exactly what Shmuel said. There's, nothing, there's no difference between ha- now and then because that's exactly what nature is. The consistency of nature is a reflection of the consistency of infinity. That that that's what teva is. And take a look. So he says like this. Um, Nahumal, the uh, last few lines. We'll just end with this the last few lines in Malbok number thirteen. So he says by, by Mordechai and Esther. So so he says. <laughs> two the, end, <laughs> the, the, the two lines from before the end. <laughs> the holy of Perm is what. Is something that's that's natural, right? She was taken. The whole story. Everything is is nature. Ironically, that's exactly what you can. That's a type of miracle that you could always say you're seeing, because it's not an event of a giloi that comes and goes. It's a it's a reorientation of what kelim are, and kelim we're always seeing. That's something that we're experiencing. It's the same world. That's paras. That's paris, that's the Tzni. When the Jewish people acquire the meat of Tzni, is, the Geuladik version of tsias is to recognize that, that, that what you s- thought until now, what remains until now is hidden, is in fact the deepest Gili. This is why, what is house perm celebrated? We start from the beginning. By clothing, by, by celebrating clothing, the Simch of perm is expressed in the clothing. Because what are clothing? It's the Kalim. It's the Kalim of who you are. And the Holiness of Purim is what? Is a celebration of this realization that the deepest R is the R that's actually manifest in the, in the Kali. It's not the R that's filling the Kli. It's the Kli itself that's made of light. And the type of light that it's made of is of infinite nature. It's, it's everything. Else. And so everything about Purim is this Nakuda. Is that it's out in the open. It's absolutely unchanging. But yet completely new at the same time. That's exactly what it is. I, I, uh, just uh, you know uh, to end off Marmuk number fourteen. So he says Yeshua ha'inut sneis v'albasha. What is a, this is Rav again in, in Marmuk in in Reishnon Vav in Sirkas So he says when you have a, salve, a, a, a Yeshua a salvation like like Purim, which is b'derachateva ha'inut That's modest, right? You don't see it. V'albasha, it's being clothed. And it's not an open miracle like we usually think of. But the truth is, it's the hidden miracle that's the deepest, most open miracle. It's the most open miracle. because Even the corners of the earth, the Hakara, what does it mean the corner of the earth? Not like there's no, the world is around. But it means, it can, in terms of the, the ability to process spirituality, there are people that are afse it takes a certain, a certain sensitivity of the soul to even appreciate Kriyasi Because when you're dealing with light that's within the Kli, you have to be a light, Dik, person in order to appreciate it. But if you're a Magushan Dik, if you're very, very low and very earthly, and all that you identify with are Kalim, then experiencing light is not going to do much to you. But if you could have a miracle like Purim, which redefines what Kalim are, Everyone can have a Shaykh as to that. You don't have to be such a spiritual person to appreciate Kalem. So he says that's what Purim is. That Shagam der is the nature itself is not just from Hashem, is the deepest expression of the presence in your life. And that's why, again, this is another in. That's why, that's why Purim is also related to Tarshbal Peh. It's moving away from Tanakh and ushering us into Tarshbal Peh. Tarshbal Peh, the is not communicating openly anymore, it's now using human intellect. So it's using the Kali, it's using the, the world of nature to figure out what God wants. That's the deepest revelation of God's will. Not a, not a secondary one, it's the deepest revelation. It's not noticeable as divine because of the fact that it's revealing the infinite light of God. And infinity is not noticeable by its nature. But that, that, so when you have a pusik in Tanakh to contrast Tarshbaalpeh with, then you can appreciate Tarshbaalpeh. So this is the, the, the site of perm. That's why, again, just to end off very, very quickly, that's why one of the inyana that we find by, by the Megillah is that you had a king, Achishverosh, and in the good old days, by kings, we usually think that they, they did whatever they want. They did whatever they want. But ironically, with perm you see such a thing is that were, Persia had rules. Even the monarch couldn't do whatever he wanted. Uh, Achishverosh wants to kill Vashti, kill Vashti. No, no, no. The rules say you can't kill the queen unless it's a, a time of national security. And that's what Haman was trying to convince him. If you don't kill Vashti, then every wife is going to rebel against her husband. And then the whole society is going to fall apart. National security, you could kill your wife. And it was working within the rules of Teva, within the rules of the Gedarim that were set, that even the king can't undermine, figuring out how to manipulate it. The whole Indian of Purim are about unbreakable rules. Unbreakable, consistent rules that cannot be broken, yet finding loopholes within those rules. Because that's the experience. The Purim is a gili of Yemaisa Mashiach. What's Yemaisa Mashiach? Teva, unbreakable rules that, are not, that, are, that will remain unbroken. But being able to, 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 to understand them from what they are, to experience them as a divine revelation by contrasting them with the open miracles that we're going to have with Yemaisa Mashiach. Again, that... So, B'Az next week, we're going to... This is now like... Uh, it's up here. What we're going to do with next week is take this a little bit more of Bring it down of and and uh, be able to you know to maybe maybe get some avodas that we can do uh, for perm itself. Bicker the avodas of perm usually like air perm two days before perm perm itself is hard to have any maichen uh, for it's hard By the way, it's a good klal. Don't you know, lower the bar for yourself. Uh, you know perm is babulim is all sorts of stuff. But the avodas before, so next week we'll uh, bring it a